You are listening to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. I am your host, Sandy Raper. On this podcast, I will share stories and invite conversations that will help you grow and support sustainability within your yoga practice, your pathway of service as a yoga teacher, and beyond. Hey, are you a yoga teacher that sometimes feels unclear about the direction you should take in your teaching path, or possibly you feel uncertain and lack confidence in areas of your teaching skill set? Well, this is where a mentor is so crucial to come alongside of you to help sift through and reinforce the skills it takes to create longevity and to sustain a healthy teaching career. I have 20 years of teaching experience, and I am passionate about supporting you and other teachers to grow and expand into the teacher you desire to be. I can totally support you within a variety of areas, including how to run a successful yoga studio, how to operate as a solo entrepreneur, develop effective workshops and successful teacher trainings, and even the development of your very own podcast to support your teaching career and more. Private mentoring sessions are the fastest and best way for you to get the results you are seeking. Ready to dive in and work with me one-on-one? Well, I'm ready. So head over to my website, sandyraper.com, or click the link in the show notes and schedule your call today. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. I am your host, Sandy Raper. I'm looking forward to sharing with you today. And before we get started, I want to first just thank you. Thank you for spending time as a listener of the podcast. I am continually inspired by you and want to make sure that each time you click the play button to listen, that you are finding great relevance in the topics I'm sharing and finding tools and resources that you can apply within your life and in your development as a yoga teacher. As usual, I like to bring topics and conversations onto the podcast that are showing up in my life and really resonating with me. So naturally, I am inclined to want to share them with you. So in today's episode, I want to dig deeper into the concept of identity and offer some thoughts and insight into this inquiry, into your development and understanding of who you are, so that you might fully step into and fulfill, I might add, or live out your identity and purpose, and in particular, your identity as a yoga teacher. I thought I'd first explore and ask you to consider how you currently identify yourself as yoga teacher. What does that look like for you? How does your current identity resonate? Does it resonate or do you possibly feel a bit disconnected from the quote state of being a yoga teacher? 
This is where I'm going to get nitpicky with my word associations on that being a yoga teacher. We hear often, and especially within marketing efforts of YTTs, of this quote, becoming a yoga teacher, as if in like 200 hours, six months, whatever it is, that poof, you become a yoga teacher. It's kind of funny because it almost sets someone up from the very beginning to become disappointed or even disillusioned that within a short period of six months or possibly a 30-day immersion training that you will instantly or magically turn into a yoga teacher. It just isn't that easy. What I have found to be true is that it's anything but that. YTT yoga teacher training is a start point and a great one, but when the training is over, you have to continue to learn, continue to apply, to get out there and teach, and continue to evaluate and dedicate yourself to the ongoing pursuit to learn and grow into becoming a yoga teacher. How long does it take to become or be a yoga teacher? Well, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that after 20 years now, I can say that I haven't arrived. I'm a little farther along on the path in my understanding now of my role or my identity as a yoga teacher is really nothing like that which I felt I identified with back two decades ago when I first decided to step onto the path to teach yoga. In fact, back two decades ago when I decided to seek training, it was merely because I enjoyed the practice and why not consider a path where I could do and share what I enjoyed with others and get paid a little bit for it. That was my motivation. Yoga had captured my attention. And if you've listened to the very first episode of this podcast, you'll know that my beginning as a teacher came at a pivotal point in time in my life after the passing of my mom. So what I identified with back 20 years ago is not how I see or identify myself today as I continue to seek ways to lead and guide others within the yoga practice and support other teachers in their quest and pursuit to develop as a yoga teacher. Moving on to the identity piece and how you identify to yourself as a yoga teacher. What does that mean? Do you equate the action of teaching the physical asana practice with your identity as a yoga teacher? Do you feel like you are no longer a teacher if you are actively not teaching asana? So if you're taking a season away from actively teaching, does that in any way change your perspective on your identity as a teacher? I've recently been diving into this with a mentorship client, and it, it really has stood out as a very relevant topic for us to explore further. Understanding your identity and clearing up what and how you identify yourself as a yoga teacher will support your ability to shift and adapt with what I like to consider the, quote, seasons of teaching. I explored this topic recently in episode 69, and I found that when we 
question our identity, it is important to make sure that we aren't attaching certain elements within that identity marker. And that might be that it's true, may or may not be true. It might be lacking in the full scope of who we really are within that role. And specifically here, our role as a yoga teacher. When we understand the concept of seasons and how change is a big determining factor in that understanding, then we'll begin to loosen the attachments that we make that place our identity solely upon the action or inaction that we perceive is taking place in which we fulfill that identity. I want to go back to what I mentioned earlier about the shift in identity that I have made since I first began teaching. I want to expand on that and hopefully bring some clarity and support to you in answering some of the inquiry questions that I presented earlier. In the beginning, for me, I totally associated my identity to the how well I could present or lead others through a set of yoga poses. So basically to my sequencing. Honestly, at that time in my practice and development as a new teacher, it was all about the pose. It was all about the asana. But why wouldn't it be? That really is the start point for so many of us. The asana is the physical manifestation of what we associate or identify yoga to be When interestingly, the quote yoga is actually the residue that one encounters through the initiation or integration of all pieces of the practice that goes well beyond the asana. Remember, asana is just one piece, one limb on the eight limb path that we study to learn more about the practice of yoga. In the beginning of my quest to become a yoga teacher, the asana is what caught and kept my attention. It's important, but it isn't all. This leads me to the first key insight that I'd like to share today when it comes to your identity as a yoga teacher and where you may find yourself in a space of doubt in your role and your identity. And the first insight I want to share is the consumption with creativity. Let me ask you this. Are you a yoga teacher that quite possibly is caught up in creativity, creativity of your next sequence? Does your identity as a teacher reside primarily in how creative you are at putting poses together or are perceived to be known as within the sequences that you lead? Does your pursuit of creativity consume your preparation as a teacher? When we as yoga teachers are more focused on the creation of our sequences, consumed with creativity, we can quickly miss the big picture of the role that asana plays within the overall practice of yoga. It's kind of sneaky, really. If you aren't careful, you can quickly become consumed with the creativity of sequencing asana that you just might be hindering an opportunity for a deeper encounter and understanding of the practice because the creativity and oftentimes complexity keeps you on 
the external or broader surface of the experience rather than using asana to invite you to go below or beyond what is being seen on the exterior. Interestingly, when we study the ancient texts of yoga, in particular the Yoga Sutras and Patanjali's path that he lays out for the practitioners of yoga, asana is definitely a piece, right? It's a limb. Yet how much of the sutras is devoted to the importance of the creativity of putting together a yoga asana sequence? None. (laughs) In fact, Patanjali chooses instead to describe the limb of asana within the context of exploring a way of being rather than the quest and act of doing. Asana, as described in the text, is, quote, the seat, the seat we take that prepares the body for stillness. So then, asana is the beautiful paradox of movement that we take to prepare the body for stillness. I have found it to be true for myself, and I continually bear witness to the power that can be found when time is spent preparing the body for the experience of stillness and inner solitude. Asana is definitely a catalyst for this profound experience. I will also add here that my, quote, identity and understanding of this piece of the path has evolved and changed over the past two decades as I have not only continued to to devote myself to pursue an expanded understanding of the yoga practice as a student first, but it's my ongoing pursuit as I guide others as a teacher of the practice. I have found an important skill set to develop as a yoga teacher is to seek ways to understand and meet people where they are. I am continually attuned and paying attention to how I can present an opportunity through the practice of yoga for the students I lead that creates the experience they wish to have and meets them within the practice all eight limbs of the practice in a way that supports them wherever they are along that path. So hopefully you're picking up here, right, the skill set of presence. How are you presencing yourself as a teacher? So it means being present in real time for what you're seeing and cueing and leading the class by what you're seeing and who you're seeing that showed up for the class. So this means if you're consumed with creativity and you're attached to your sequence, most likely you will find yourself caught up in your thinking mind, caught up with the next progression in your sequence and wanting to deliver your sequence that you lessen your opportunity to presence yourself as the teacher in the space to encounter and create an encounter for not only you in the collective experience with the students, but for the students in their collective experience of the practice for themselves. 
I know that some are in that space as I was. Some of you are identifying with the asana as great importance. And it is, it is very important. It's a significant piece in the beginning of the study of the practice of yoga. I dedicate to seeking ways to support this foundation and then at the same time support an inviting space of intrigue and curiosity for students to develop and seek to know more in their own timing. This is tricky because as yoga teachers, we have a choice as to where we lead others This is also important to evaluate because if you are consumed with the creativity of sequencing, then you just might find yourself as a teacher not expanding and growing within the depths of the practice because you have chosen to stay on the surface of this piece of the practice. I truly feel like the practice of asana is designed for us to excavate, to dig deeper, not to merely till up the soil on the surface of the experience. I think yoga teachers can become disillusioned as well into feeling like the amount of time that you devote to the pursuit of your creativity and your sequencing, that that equates to you deepening your quest, right, and your knowledge of the practice that goes beyond the sequencing or the organization time you spend in your creative sequencing. Yoga teachers can quickly, right, you can quickly find yourself with many years of teaching experience, yet feeling like you haven't really grown or expanded as a teacher because your devotion and study has remained solely on the surface of the physicality of asana. As I reflect back to my first encounter with yoga, it was through the lens and the physical practice of asana that first captured my attention. And for most Western practitioners, that is the common start point. And it's a great start point, I might add. The ongoing pursuit for a deeper encounter or understanding that I've spoken of comes from the desire and the longing that I believe can be sensed that there is something more to this. There's something bigger even to be found within the yoga practice that goes well beyond asana. It goes beyond the physicality or the act of doing. From my experience early on, I could sense something that was different, and it took me a while to understand and even be able to articulate even what that something was. I was curious, though, and as I've shared often, and and I'll reference back that first episode of this podcast, it's the curiosity, the exploring nature uh, within me, that inquisitive nature of that sensing of something bigger that kept drawing me back to the mat to know and to explore more deeply. Through the discipline of a steady and comfortable practice of asana, 
how I identify with asana and how I identify as a teacher now has adapted to the pursuit of continually seeking ways to utilize the powerful seat and vehicle of asana so that it might support the students that I lead in their ability to assess their own experience that can be found in the comfortable steadiness as they submerge themselves below the surface of what is seen in the representation of identity of yoga through the postures. Sequencing is important, so don't get me wrong here. I am a huge advocate for you as a teacher to understand the effectiveness of the skill set of leading others skillfully and effectively through their bodies in order to facilitate that opportunity to capture and encounter stillness all within that 60-minute class experience that you're leading. Sequencing isn't random, and your effectiveness as a yoga teacher will hinge upon your approach and your ability to link postures in a way, a thoughtful way, I might add, that moves students through and towards a deeper encounter within that interior space and all pieces of the eight limbs of practice. As a yoga teacher, you have a choice, a choice to make that will dictate whether or not you will facilitate a journey for students to take that supports their own experience and exploration that goes well beyond the creativity of your class sequence. If you solely rely on your creativity, then what you might actually be offering students becomes a roadblock or a barrier to them being able to maneuver past the complexity of asana and experience that deeper understanding of themselves that goes well beyond what they are doing. So if they're caught up in trying to do, right, the complexity or the sequencing, they may just miss the accessing of how they are being. When you find yourself consumed with the pursuit of creativity and constantly trying to make sure that the students aren't bored with your sequencing, then this is a red flag. This perspective is signaling to you that you just might be attaching your identity as a yoga teacher within a perspective that is actually skewing your deeper purpose and calling as a teacher. Your purpose as a teacher isn't to be known as the most creative, choreographed, sequenced teacher. That is your ego. Your purpose is to lead others skillfully and link asana intelligently to ultimately support the successful experience for each student in your class. This approach will allow you as the teacher to meet each student where they are supporting and meeting their needs. This is where your purpose and role as a yoga teacher lies. When you are consumed with your creativity, then you most likely are going to find that you really aren't creating a class experience to support the needs of the actual students that will show up. 
you are creating the sequence for yourself. This leads me to the next key insight I want to share regarding your identity as a yoga teacher. Disappointment. As I just mentioned, consumption with creativity has great potential to skew your purpose as a teacher. Going along with this skewed identity comes disappointment. I had a conversation recently with another teacher, and she expressed to me her disappointment when she has planned out her sequence. Let me emphasize her sequence. And then the students that show up in the class she is leading are basically not the student that she prepared the sequence for. Let's explore this further. What I perceive from this conversation is that she is basically planning her sequences for herself and not for the students. I think it's important to understand that the skill set of teaching and practicing yoga are quite different. I've come to learn that just because I practice a certain style, a certain way, or a certain posture, that it doesn't mean that it necessarily translates or will be the most effective sequence for the classes I lead. Just because it serves my personal practice doesn't mean I need to teach it. Now, I do believe and know to be true for myself that my time on the mat and my personal practice is crucial for my ability to be effective and skillfully present as a teacher. I must know the practice for myself first in order to effectively support someone else through the development of their own experience of the practice. And when I lead a class, I am not leading for a group to perform for me. I am a facilitator of the opportunity for a collective of individuals to have their own unique experience within the collective. It's actually a beautiful paradox. Each student is given the opportunity to be in a cohesive group experience, while at the same time enjoying their own personal encounter within the practice. I just love this, and because of this, it continues to drive my passion to teach. So this leads me to explore and ask you to examine how you approach and prepare to teach. Again, are you consumed with the creativity of choreographed sequencing that you are missing the opportunity to make a bigger impact as a teacher leading others to explore their own practice experience? Could you subconsciously associate teaching with the desire for the students you lead to encounter the yoga practice the way you want them to, and you want them to perform the sequence that you spent hours choreographing? Do you get disappointed when your sequence doesn't go as planned? It's helpful to note here that if you do find yourself in this space of disappointment, that a time of reflection and examination will benefit you greatly in realigning again into your identity and purpose as a yoga teacher. And then ask yourself, what's your agenda? Are you attached to your plan, your sequence in a way that you actually aren't seeing the students that you're leading? 
Are you missing a great opportunity here that goes well beyond that surface experience I've mentioned before about asana? Now, I do want to say here that having a plan is important. You need to have a structure and a plan for sequencing. But it's the moments and the times when we get attached to the plan or the structure that we hinder our ability to presence ourselves and really show up as teacher in the class. You have a choice, and as a yoga teacher, the class experience you lead will ultimately dictate to students what is important about and within the practice of yoga. So once again, what type of teacher do you desire to be? If your emphasis is primarily on asana and the execution of your sequence, then that is the meaning and emphasis you will translate and, quote, teach to the students in the classes you lead. And if students only practice with you as the teacher, then you just might be limiting their opportunity of discovering the depths and the fullness of the entire eight-limb path that is waiting to be explored. This leads me to my last key point of insight for today into this identity, your role as yoga teacher, and possibly this doubt that could be coming in. I've spoken a lot in past episodes about getting clear within your role and purpose. I have found it to be true and beneficial to examine this inquiry often because it will impact the steps and the direction you'll take as a teacher. Developing a clear point of view and direction as a teacher requires internal investigation and a better understanding of your personal relationship within the practice of yoga and how you relate to the practice of yoga, I might add. I've spoken to that in a past episode as well. From this understanding, you will discern the direction that aligns with your purpose as a teacher but you will have to spend time getting clear on what that is, an intentional time. This means you will need to dedicate to your personal time as a student of the practice in order to pick up on that innate calling that you felt that drew you towards becoming a teacher to begin with. Simply loving the yoga practice and accumulating knowledge and training will not develop you into an effective teacher but it is a requirement. You will need to spend time getting still and knowing the practice on a deeper level for yourself in order to discern the promptings of where your path as a teacher is leading. Lastly, if you desire to sustain and create longevity within the service of being a yoga teacher, then you'll need to examine and re-examine your approach to teaching, along with the evaluation of the type of teacher you desire to be. If you aren't spending this dedicated time, then you will most likely find yourself looking out to see what other teachers are pursuing, possibly trying to replicate, here comes that imposter syndrome again, and you'll seek to impersonate what others are doing. Seeking and learning from other yoga teachers is a great motivation as long as you are spending time evaluating how that fits into your unique path and voice as a teacher. Over the past two decades, I have explored various teaching opportunities. 
ones that have challenged me to grow and ones that have supported me in developing the skills I desire to develop as a teacher. I have had seasons where I needed to reevaluate my direction and change course in order to align back with my purpose and calling as a teacher. Just as the flow of life and circumstances are in flux and constant change, your pursuit as a yoga teacher will shift and change as well. Spending your personal time in solitude and reflection will support your ability to adapt and adjust so that you might settle into that next season of growth as a teacher. This time will also support your ability to trust and to know your role and identity. It will lessen doubt and it will help you to identify with the bigger scope and purpose of being a yoga teacher. To understand it's about you, but it's not really about you. You are a facilitator. You are a vessel. You are merely, yet powerfully, a conduit allowing the teachings of yoga to pass through you, not from you. My desire for myself and what I would offer to you is to devote your time in the pursuit and quest of knowing the practice better and more deeply for yourself, and then seek to not disrupt the flow of the bigger work and the teachings passing through you and on to those you are impacting and leading. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Until we meet again, remember to begin, to become, and to expand beyond.